Hello, uh, welcome to the Metal Hammer, I don't know why I did it like that, never mind. Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast, it is episode 58, we took a week off last week because Elle was up to something very, very exciting, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, in the meantime, you are Elle and I'm Mel, hello, yeah. how you doing? Happy spring everybody. <laughs> Happy spring, spring has sprung, it is looking fit outside. Um, the new issue of Metal Hammer is out right now. I could just sit here and go through all the amazing features in there, but to be honest, I just want to talk about the fridge magnets. <laughs> the fridge magnets are amazing. They're so good. We I got... keep wanting to go back in the kitchen and make more poetry, but we have work to do. Yeah, we're basically waiting to get told off by someone else at Future Publishing because we've, um, the new issue of Metal Hammer comes with a free, and I quote, satanic fridge magnet set. Um, so you know those kind of like, those are word poetry fridge magnet sets you can get? We've done a metal version of those, it's amazing. Um, so it's got like all naughty swear words and fiery Satan words and uh, some metal lyrics hidden in there. Loads of stuff. Blood, fire, brimstone, gore. My favourite word is lacerated. Yeah, lacerated is in there. That was my choice and my favourite. That's very useful. I'm a big fan of bumhole. I know you are. Being in the poetry set. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really Why good. Why not have a lacerated bumhole? Have a lacerated bumhole. The choice is yours. Uh, but yeah, awesome. Tons of people have been tweeting us. Um, with their ridiculous and wonderful poetry and lyric combinations they've been making. So thank you very much, keep them coming. Um, but that's not all that's in the new issue, is there, Earl? That's not all that's in the new issue. <laughs> in the new issue, we are celebrating 25 years of Ramstein. Ah! Uh, the metal legends did, of course, release their brand new single um, late last week. We'll be doing, you know, reviewing and going through that in a little bit. Um, so we have 25 pages dedicated to the greatest German metal band of all time. Just one of the greatest metal bands ever, to be honest. Um, we talk to members of the band, we talk to producers, we talk to collaborators, we talk to art people that have been involved with them, we talk to people that have been behind the scenes of their show, putting the, the uh, notoriously amazing Ramstein show together. It's fucking excellent, and it took us ages, and we worked very hard on it. So if you like Ramstein, trust us, you will love the shit out of this new issue. You should go get it immediately. All my metaphorical blood, sweat, tears, sick, bodily fluids, all in there. Yeah, probably some literally. It was a very emotional issue. <laughs> Ramstein are an emotional band. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a celebration of all things Ramstein as they turn 25. Um, as I say, though, lots of new interview uh, stuff in there as well. <coughs> Excuse me, get emotional just thinking about it. It was so much fun to make because there are so many interesting stories to tell about them and everybody who's worked with them is just super excited about it. Yeah, exactly. It's such a cool band. Such an enigmatic band that, um, as we found out, it's quite hard to kind of properly lift the lid on them and find out a bit more. But we did, we did, and it's all in there. Loads of stuff from Ramstein you wouldn't have heard before. Um, but that's not all. As well as the free fridge magnets, which I've got to say... Um, I was going to say I'm biased, but I'm biased to all gifts. It is one of the best things we've ever given away with the magazine. It's so good. Uh, there is also a, a free uh, kind of album sampler, I guess you'd call it, from Louise Lamont, mm -hmm. um, one of the awesome stars of the fast rising death gospel movement, which we're very excited about. She is absolutely wicked, and that album is really, really good. It's eight tracks, and it's an exclusive mix uh, to Metal Hammer, so go pick that up with the new issue, along with eight album art posters we've got posters from new year's day arch enemy in flames swallow the sun iced earth overkill those last two are super metal looking as well uh children of bodem grand magus it's just really good album art poster packs everywhere also inside the issue we talked to devon townsend motley crew we get the guy that actually plays nikki six in the dirt to interview nikki six himself douglas booth is the name of the actor isn't it that's right i got that right yeah uh so yeah that's a very cool exclusive we pair parkway drive with kill switch engage the kind of kings of metal core as it were uh in a joint interview that's really cool we talked to dave mustaine about how symphony of destruction changed their career forever and um, we talked to the best new extreme metal supergroup in the game is it Voltamas? That's how I say it, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Voltamas. Voltamas. We've been writing about it for a month. I don't actually know how to say it out loud. They're really good. Um, within Temptation, we talked to Sharon Donato about a ton of stuff. Uh, there's Grand Magus in there. We, we talked to Bad News, Avantasia, Puppy, Animus, Girls Words. It's just, it's just great. It's so I love so it good. so much. I love it. Literally it's really, love really it. Cool. It's really, I think it's, it's just so much shit in there. Good shit, I should clarify. <laughs> and... Um, uh, yeah, it's just great. And if you love Ramstein, I don't care what you know of them or how much of a super fan of you are, there's loads of opening stuff in there. 
and anecdotes you will not have heard before. So go pick that up. That is on sale in the UK right now. We've got a few copies left online at my favourite magazines. I don't think they'll last very long though. So you might have to get out to the shops like a real human being. So there. Where the hell have you been? Well, and why couldn't we do a podcast last week? I've been to Taiwan. <laughs> what the hell were you doing in Taiwan? I was watching Thonic headline at a festival called Megaport, which is something they've been <clears throat> very closely involved with for a number of years. So, uh, what's going on there? Tell me about this festival. It was very, very cool. It was in Kaohsiung in the south of Taiwan, and it was at, um, on the harbour side, and there were kind of these big industrial warehouse complexes that have sort of been turned into a sort of hipstery type place. And they had eight stages across the harbour. So you could basically... Eight? Eight. Wow. So you could basically get a pass and go in and out seeing all kinds of bands from metal to indie to post-punk to rock to electronic oh, cool. to everything. It was all kinds oh, of I'd stuff. I'd love something like that. It was absolutely brilliant. It was really, really good. Um, the Did you sneak in and see any non-metal bands? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, basically, they, gave, they were lovely. The organisers were fantastic and they gave me a running order, but it was all written in Chinese, Mandarin, which I can't read. So um, I was basically just going to stages, find, finding them, up. and just seeing what turned up. Because I mean, I don't have any other way of. It's not like you out. would have known that many artists. I'd probably no. guess. <laughs> and um, so some people tried to help me. They were like, "Oh, you know, this band is electronic, or this band is rock, or whatever." And a couple of times, I just walked into a room and just asked somebody, like, "Who am I watching?" Uh, but not many people could speak English. Which you know, why should they have to speak English? I'm ignorant to not be able to speak Chinese. You are the rubbish foreigner in town. So I was, yeah. But it was cool. I um, saw this hip-hop <coughs> duo um, who were um, kind of singing about stuff and the room was packed for them. It's probably like a two or three thousand capacity room and everyone was like super, mm. super hyped for them. I saw this jazz band that probably played to about three or four hundred people and they walked through towards the room playing the wedding march and one of them was holding a rubber chicken. What and the, da, 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 yeah. Da, and it was, one of them was holding a rubber chicken and it kind of seems to be like, I was like, is it a wedding march for the chicken? I don't know. <laughs> and then they all got on stage and um, were performing. So yeah, it was a real mix of stuff, but Thonic, the main event on the first night. And um, really, <laughs> Sorry, hold on. What, sorry, what? <laughs> they were walking around with a rubber chicken to a, a wedding march? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Is this the chicken guy you're excited about? No, no, no. This is a different chicken guy. Oh my god! This was a. I'll say that's a group that in the Metal Hammer group text, a group, uh, you know, WhatsApp group, sent us a a picture with some guy who was like a a happy chicken fellow. What was he? He's a Japanese chicken yodeler. Oh yeah, that makes more sense than what I just said. to talk too much because you're going to read about this in a future issue of Hammer. Sure, but I do want to know a little bit more about the chick- this chicken thing that everyone apparently has in Taiwan. <laughs> so, I don't know, but there was an interview coming out with um, Ishi-san, the Japanese chicken yodeler, and basically he's loved chicken. Jesus. He's loved chickens from a young age um, and he loves yodeling and he moved to Germany to learn how to be a yodeler and yodel about chickens and he's been honing his craft for the last 45 years in Germany and these guys called the Gregory Brothers <laughs> it's weirder with each sentence <laughs> these guys called the Gregory Brothers from America found out about him and have made a YouTube video with him called Chicken Attack so Takeo Ishii he sings the song which is in English and the video shows people trying to like do crimes and then Takeo trying to do crimes Takeo sings about a chicken attack and he throws a chicken and it turns into a man in um, like a morph suit a chicken suit are you still jet lagged does it always actually happen and the, the chicken turns into a man dressed as a chicken and it attacks the crime man. What's it called? Criminal. Criminal. You commit right. You commit crimes, and that makes you a criminal. You don't do crimes, and that makes you a crime man. That's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> Fuck so, me. So the chicken attacks the crime man, and so and he what sort, a superhero he sort of yodels um, about uh, the chorus, and the lyrics are all about how chickens can provide like sustenance, like eggs and stuff, but the, the chicken can also attack. 
And so he's like this chicken yoga <laughs> who loves chickens. No, it's really good. Go Don't on know YouTube what to and say. watch the video. The video's had seventeen say. million hits on YouTube. Oh god. Anyway, this is relevant because Phonic have recorded a metal version of Chicken Attack yeah. and they brought Takeo Ishii on to guest on their version of the track at Megaport. So, so Gathonic kind of, um, I, don't, I think we might have done them a little bit on yeah, the podcast, quite, but oh, the podcast, it's been a little sure. while since we've, we've had them since they've been around, but yeah, kind extreme of Extreme like, Taiwanese metalers. Yeah, Taiwanese is biggest metal export, basically. Yeah. And and they, a very unique extreme metal They metal write metal. about folklore and politics mm. and include some traditional instruments, that kind of thing. But they're just, you know, a very cool band. So you've got this kind of extreme metal version of Chicken Attack with yodeling in, and then Freddie, the singer of Sonic, is kind of doing like black metal vocals in the background. So I went to watch them perform this at Soundcheck. I mean, I, mean, I, really, <laughs> I genuinely like it on it for the record. I, I honestly do. But that sounds horrendous. <laughs> no, it was amazing. It was amazing. But apparently, again, liked... there'll be more about this in the feature, but the song had got quite famous in Taiwan. It's been on television and apparently it was released in the year of the chicken. It was a couple of years ago. And so everyone kind of went crazy about it. So wow. they decided it would be a fun thing to do. Um, and he gave me a little yodeling lesson as well at the end of the interview, which was really nice. He sort of talk, showed me where the breath comes from and stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe I could... Could you do it? I didn't try it. He was. I was mm. joking that um, you know, it might take me 45 years to do it. And he said, he's 70, but his parents are like 103, 105, something like that. And so he was well, like... Well, they're still around? Yeah. Wow. And so he was like, oh, you know, maybe you could... Um, could learn it and then still yodel to me in my lifetime. So. so he's in his 70s, did you say? He's 70, yeah. He's 70 and he's getting up with metal bands yeah. and yodeling about chickens. Yeah. What, what a fucking legend. I want to that be him amazing. when I grow up. How good is that? <laughs> but I was just so excited to meet him. He was such a lovely bloke and super interesting as well, like his story of how he left his home country to pursue a life of yodeling and embraces his love for chickens. Wow. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the anecdote you wanted from my trip. But it's the anecdote we needed. <laughs> and and, and Catholic were there. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, there'll be loads more about that in the future. So yeah, because again... will be featured on the line. Not to spoil too much, but you got a bit of a exclusive tour from... I did. From Freddie, didn't you? So Freddie is a fascinating man. He's... Freddie Lim, front man of Catholic, I should have... He established Sonic, you know, he founded it as his band and he spent a life in, in metal because he loves it. And so he's written all these songs and kept Sonic going over the years. But in the last couple of years, he's also got into politics and he's actually an MP for a party he helped create called the New Power Party in Taiwan. And he is a legislator for two districts in Taiwan. There's the uh, biggest one is actually the central district in Taipei, the capital, which houses all the important parliament buildings and defence and everything. So he's a really important MP and um, he took us to show his, his office in the Taiwanese parliament, which is really cool. So I went up to his office, it was really nice to see his metal hammer golden god in there, alongside awesome. an award from the Dalai Lama, which wow. is very cool. He has got to be the only person in the world with those, <laughs> those two things together. Yeah, he showed me around what it was like in, he showed me a seat in the parliament and told me a little bit about the history of building and it was just very, very cool to see somebody that is so active in metal but has branched out out of duty basically feeling like he can make the country and the world a better place that he's gone in, into politics. Wow, that's amazing. And, and as I said, you can read more about that in that current issue of Metal Hammer. Um, you've been around this year, God. I know, it's great. Amazing. Uh, yeah, very, very awesome that we can, uh, we're able to kind of go out to different places and come to these kind of um, these again scenes. I'll put this in the feature but just a PSA check out the Taiwanese band Flesh Juicer as well they're brilliant I just made Merlin choke are you okay? did you not know I was going to say that? I was, a, I was just trying to take a start of drink of water off mic and then you said Flesh Juicer they're amazing <laughs> oh god absolutely amazing band amazing the lead singer wears a mask and really gets involved and I actually missed my train deliberately to go and watch them and then got to the station, I was a bit like, shit, I might have really screwed myself up. Oh dear. But it was okay, they let me get a different train of the same ticket, so. Who, right. There you go. Very it was cool. worth it. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, read, read all about Elle's adventures uh, <laughs> in an upcoming <laughs> issue. Um, talk about uh, amazing metal scenes around the world, maybe uh, 
remember that um, about 10 days back I went to the, um, the, uh, the first ever World Metal Congress in Bethnal Green um, and that was such a great event as well and it, it was really uh, cool to see um, you know how, how far uh, how kind of um, much metal scenes around the world have progressed and uh, what it really means to bands to be getting coverage in, in places like Taiwan and, and various other countries that we've, we've gone to over the last few years um, so yeah it's just great metal's just wicked in it basically that was the point I was getting to uh, yeah it's metal's brilliant. really good really 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 good and it's great to be at a festival halfway around the world with people who were so excited about it and excited about Thonic and excited about Flesh Juicer and it was just so much fun it's, it really is amazing when you do get out to these places because I've never done anything like that actually to my shame I guess in a way but even just doing things like going to gigs in different countries like Absolutely, seeing yeah. bigger bands um, in other countries it's just amazing um, to see it how, sounds how much cheesy but music is just one of these things that does cross language and yeah it really does divides and it's great to know it's great to get in depth with bands and really find out about more and where they're from mm-hmm. and stuff but at the end of the day it's also just great to get in front of a stage and just everybody having a great time all at the same time yeah. just something you just brilliant. can't beat it can you and I promise you right now as long as there is breath in Mount Hummer's lungs we will carry on covering those scenes that no one else will cover because that's what we do uh, what we don't do is watch the dirt because we still haven't watched it. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to come back and work. We'll come up with our big journalistic opinions on it. But I still haven't watched it yet because I'm leaving uh, house. Sorry. Did watch Bohemian Rhapsody on the aeroplane to Taiwan though? Uh, go on then. Let's have a hot take on that film from last year. <laughs> I only watched that the other week as well, actually. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's obviously like um, there's lots of sort of tongue-in-cheek bits and knowing bits and kind of ha ha look at our biographical knowledge bits. But I know from reading a lot of pieces people have written online that it's not accurate. I think if you take it at face value... The timeline's really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you take it at face value, it's just an interesting story and some good music. Then it's an enjoyable watch. I wouldn't pretend it's a historical document or anything like that. No, definitely. It is weird that Rami Malek won an Oscar for for a film which he mimes about... Fifty percent of hope. I, I like. He's really good, but I kind of said the other day, like it's just like watching a really long episode of Alistair McGowan or something. You're just watching all these people do impressions of different people, yeah, which will, will lead into the dirt at some point when I actually get to watch it. I'll it's watch our it this homework week. To watch it this week. Yeah, we'll watch it this week. It's our heavy metal homework. And then we give our hot take on that, and then maybe we'll do a hot take on Spinal Tap next week. Who knows? <laughs> Why not? Eh? Never mind. Uh, Ramsteiner on the new issue of, uh, on the cover of the new issue of Metal Hammer and coincidentally uh, or maybe not coincidentally uh, they've got a new song out what are you saying about Deutschland Deutschland. (laughs) thanks for the good harmonising I like it did you watch it live I watched the live unveiling of it oh you're so annoying no I was (laughs) true but unrelated (laughs) Um, I was in the supermarket I can't remember why, some stupid getting, reason. Getting groceries, I'd imagine. There was some stupid reason I was in the supermarket and I saw on my phone, because I actually messaged in our, again, in our Hammer WhatsApp group, I messaged, has anyone seen it or heard it? What is it like? I didn't have any headphones or anything. I wasn't in a position that I could watch it. Wow. Went home and watched it straight away. I think with Ramstein, it's hard to, um, you know, when a band like that puts something out, Everyone wants to run out with a first take, don't they? Like, this is what I think of it. I've, I've, I've heard it once, and here's my hot take on it. Um, but now we've had a, uh, the better part of a week on it. What do you think of it? It's grown on me, actually. Um, yeah. I heard it, and the video was the thing that swept me away rather than the song. Yeah, the video The song incredible. was more like kind of the soundtrack to the video for me. And, and if you haven't been on Hammer's site to, uh, to read the, um, the really cool piece that... Who did it? Elle saw it out, so I can't remember who it was. Alexandra Lloyd. She's a professor at Oxford University. She lectures in German, and she's actually written a piece in our new issue about Ramstein lyrics. And she's written a piece online about the video, just kind of breaking down what all the symbolism means, which is great. Awesome. Because I watched it, and I was like, this is very amazingly directed. You can tell that loads of time and effort and money and everything had gone into it. And obviously, I could pick out some of the obvious references, um, you know, to the Nazi regime and so on. But there were other things where I was a bit confused about what was happening. So, Alexander's demystified it and kind of picked out the t- cultural and historical touchstones, which made it a lot easier for me to understand. Awesome. So yeah, go read that now. Um, I just wanted to get that plug in. Sorry, but yeah. yeah, well, yeah what yeah. do you think of the actual song itself? Yeah, it's definitely grown on me. Like I said, at first I. 
it was almost a bit like an accompaniment to the video. It's kind of there in the background and um, the rhythm is there and they kind of cut to the rhythm, it's very dramatic, but I kind of gave it um, a little while after rinsing the video a bit and went back to it at the weekend and um, it's good, it's grown, it's grown on me. It's grown on me as a song and I think it's one of those ones where when you see them play it live, it will be really exciting because again, they're going to do something really dramatic while they're playing it. Who mm -hmm. knows what it's going to be? And it's sort of got that chorus, which means you sort of, well, it's militaristic, isn't it? And it's kind of playing on the, playing on that side of things. Definitely. So yeah, it didn't, the song didn't blow me away initially, the video blew me away, but the song's definitely grown on me and I want to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I think I'll go with that. I think, uh, yeah, the, that opening is just made to open a gig. I'll be yeah. stunned if they don't open their tour with it, because yeah. it's just that, that kind of like, ravey keyboardy like ding, 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 yeah and, it starts just, and i'm sure and they'll the use that in, imagery just... from the video on stage i'm sure they'll yeah, be pulling, exactly. from, pulling from that and doing something that looks really theatrical because yeah, you can't have music without without stuff. theatrics and visuals for yeah. hamstein especially it's just not how they work definitely i can't wait i mean i oh i'm so excited for a new ramstein so show am I. But, um, the hairs on my arms just stood up yeah <laughs> yeah I, th I think it's really good i think um no, you know what, for now I'd say it's, it's good. I think it ticks uh, all the right boxes. It's catchy. It's like you said, it's got that kind of militaristic stomp to it. Um, I think the chorus is really big. I don't know, it doesn't quite... Uh, it's not super surprising, is it? No, I yeah, it's, it's Ramstein, Ramstein by Ramstein, numbers. Ramstein talking about their history and using the kind of rhythms and that we're used to. And even, it's funny actually <laughs> listening to it because... I was thinking how, you know, it says like, do, do, hast, and Yeah, it's got the like, piano line for sono at the end and stuff as well. Yeah, it's so there's kind of like little German through. things woven through it, but at the same time, I was like, well, also, you can't really blame them for just using German words, just because yeah, I associate yeah, yeah, do, yeah. hast with the song do, hast. Like, yeah, good point. That's, yeah. You wouldn't think anything of it if it was an English-speaking song and it was you have or you hate that they abandoned used to get. It wouldn't yeah, do. Totally, I mean, it wouldn't totally. stick in your mind. So, but I, I do think there's probably some conscious... Oh god, yeah. Callbacks they know what they're doing. Um, it's a cool comeback song, isn't it? It's a cool com comeback song. It's 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 a really hard one to get head around. You think like, Pussy was such a mental song. It was so out there, wasn't and it? And I'm not saying it's one of their best songs, but it was so funny and so daft and so stupid, even for them. But actually, the interesting thing is thinking about it now. I'd heard the album before the single came out. At that point, they had a listening session for Liebest for Elida. And everyone was like looking at each other during Pussy and being like, what is this? Yeah. So when that single came out, I kind of knew about it. But this one, I've not heard the record. So it's kind of like, this is the first taste, like everybody else. It's the first mm. taste of wondering what is to come and knowing what is to come. And it's kind of almost that consolidation of Ramsteinism after 10 years, yeah. together with that kind of actually maybe we've done things a bit differently with a different producer. We've got a massive video and we can still shock and be controversial yeah, because of yeah, course yeah. there was controversy over that. Um, so I would very well think there might be some surprises down the line. This is kind of the grand re-establishing entrance and then there might be something we're not expecting. I hope so. I do hope so. I hope so too. And it's exciting um, to think that, that we just don't know what's coming. I can't believe that it's been seven years or, well, let's say six, no, over seven years, seven and a half years since um, Mineland mm. came out. Because I saw that reference to it's like their first new single for whatever, however they put it, seven and a bit years. And I was like, no, nah, no, wait, my name was like two years ago, wasn't it? Because they just released that as a little single on its own. And that's even that single, seven years. It's been a long time. I'm so long excited. Time away. And I saw they'd upgraded their show in Moscow to a stadium that holds 80,000 people. And I'm really? so, I'm so tempted to go because I wow. think the experience of that would be insane. So I started looking up how to get a Russian visa and you need to get one at least a month before. And... Obviously, there's a cost involved well, to well, go there. You need there. to have a visa just to go to Russia. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. It takes. If anyone's thinking of going, it takes like a month to get a visa, and you have to go to the embassy. But I'm so tempted. I've just been thinking about it all week. Like, can I? Wow. Have I got the money? Can I go and get the visa? That would be amazing. Because even if you were right at the top, like a tiny Russian metalheads as well. <laughs> yeah. No messing around. Even if you're at the top, like a tiny ant in a sea of eighty thousand people, and you couldn't even see them. Just imagine what an experience that would be. There's a prodigy video um, where I think they're in. I think they're in Moscow, or is it somewhere else? 
They're in Russia I'm anyway, so and everyone goes absolutely ballistic. I think I've kind of just convinced myself to go. I just really want to go. Well, the good <laughs> listeners of the Metal Hammer podcast will be disappointed if you don't come back from that with some uh, some stories now. I'm not saying I'm definitely going to go. I'm saying I really want to go. Well, I will settle for Milton Keynes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Need to look at the older bank belts and holiday calendar, Merlin. Sure, sure. Uh, baby metal are down to a duo officially we yeah. didn't know what, 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 what was going to happen whether they were going to replace oh, um, can email. I say I was a little bit disappointed about Fox Day because April the 1st every year is Fox Day for baby metal and it comes around as an announcement but all they said this year was that a new album is coming I know at it's some like, point I could have probably told you that I mean they kind of <laughs> know right because if they're still a band and they're still making records at some point an album's going to come and the whole press shot thing that they had with two members I mean, yeah, again, I felt a little bit flat. I was like, oh, you know, they've not replaced you. You don't see why. But I'm not I sure. Think I, I'm not I'm, sure what's happening now. I'm quite surprised they haven't replaced you, you know. I mean, Because fans would be really upset. Do you reckon that's why they've done it? Why they've not done it? Because hmm. to me, I just think the hype you could build of introducing a new member of Baby Metal, you know, when you look at how that band operates, I just, I, I was actually really surprised. You could do like a whole thing of... Or Here's a new character, new backstory, yeah, you know. Maybe they will, and they're just kind of keeping it going. Unveiling you know? on stage. Maybe. That'd they, be good, it? Yeah, and I, again, they do surprise with their stage shows. We haven't had the full stage show in the UK, but in Japan, they've had things like that massive glass pyramid that they all came down or floated around in the ceiling in. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Insane oh, stuff, cool. and a lot of callbacks to Metallica shows so maybe they will announce something later but at the moment it's an enigmatic picture of the two of them wrapped in red robes I can't believe um, I mean obviously they would do but I can't believe how much they've grown up as well I know it's I just like that whole image look. of like little kiddies running around in front of a metal band doesn't really they're almost unrecognisable it's just well they're now older than oops sorry just bumped the mic they're now older than um people like Metallica would have been when they started their bands <laughs> you know what I mean but it's yeah, ridiculous it's, and the photo is very stylized. Mm. it's actually hard to kind of make out who they are almost because the contrast is so high and the background is so faded out and they're just kind of faces in this robe so again very enigmatic very enigmatic not lots of enigmatic metal happening this year not not Ramstein, Tool, Baby Metal lots of bands that just don't want to tell us anything. <laughs> I, want them, I want them all to play together and I want to go. I would too go to that. Uh, what else is going on? Sabaton have announced their new album. The yes, Great, come on. The Great War. It's a concept album documenting stories from World War One. Wow, so they're going, that, that's, that's the big, big one, war. isn't it? Yeah, that's the big <laughs> one. Uh, if you're going to be Sabaton and you're going to kind of make a statement, that's the war you want to go with. And it, and it is a concept album, so... I mean, we know how it all sounds because it's Sabaton, but that's okay. They're really good. Yeah, an educational metal band too. I know. Historical now and they got educational. They've got their YouTube channel, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, YouTube history channel. Um, yeah, I, I love Sabaton, man. I think they are um, not necessarily underrated, but I think just take it for granted a little bit sometimes. Um, the fact that they played like Brixton Academy and headli- they're headlining Bloodstock this year and you know, they're basically a power metal band singing about tanks and, and they've again, become one of the biggest modern metal bands going and they never really they never really talked about it in the same conversation as bands like Parkway Driver and, you know, Architects and all those guys, but they are every bit in or around that level and it's just it's fucking great. And again, like they are creative. They're doing mm. something interesting. It's not just like we're just gonna stand in a forest or on a stage and do nothing. They're doing a thing. They are doing a thing. And they're doing it differently to everybody else. Yes. Um, yeah, I really like Sabaton. One of the best live bands going. Um, the kind of band whose success story could not happen in anywhere else other than heavy metal. A bunch of Swedes wearing battle vests. And I mean actual, like, army... I don't know what you call those things. Like, they're kind of actual army... Oh, they've got, like... like um, they've almost got, like, a sort of cyber goth slash military... Like armor, yeah. Like walking around in art plated army armor, basically, um, astride a tank, singing about war. I mean, where else could that be a success story other than metal? It's just great. It's one of the, the, the things that make our world so daft but brilliant. Uh, uh, this next story is so exciting. Speaking of brilliant, this yeah. is like the most exciting podcast ever. 
Uh, Rumours of Machine Head's demise have been greatly exaggerated. I almost cried when so I So much that. going on in the Machine Head camp. Not only are they officially auditioning for brand new members of the Folds to join uh, Rob and Jared. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, they are also celebrating Burn My Eyes this year. Their outstanding, legendary debut album turns 25. Everything's turning 25 this year. Everything's turning What year 94 was for metal? Uh, yeah, Burn My Eyes is turning 25, so they are touring the record. They brought back in Logan and Chris, who played on the album to start with. And they're playing the album in full on a tour that runs through uh, Europe. I presume there's US dates as well. It's coming through the UK in, I think, October or November. Um, and they're re-recording the album, which is interesting. Yeah. I so mean, how do we digest all this? First of all, Machine Head are not dead. New members incoming. That's good news. Yes. I, I When I heard the news about Machine Head, I was watching another band at Brixton. Yeah, we were really. watching Hailstorm, weren't we? Yeah. And I actually almost cried. I was like, this actually just makes me feel really sad. Yeah, so sucks. I'm really pleased that they're not dead. Yeah. Me too. Um, and I'm so excited for the anniversary shows. Yeah, I, I really like what they've done, stuff. to be honest, because, um, you know, it's been a funny old time for Machine Head. They've had such an up and down career. Uh, you know, they got let go by their label um, in the early 2000s. Then they came back and recorded one of the best albums they've ever done with Through the Ashes. Then they did The Blackening, which was like widely regarded as one of the best metal albums in the 21st century. Until the Locust was a bit divisive, kind of killed their momentum a bit. Bloodstone and Diamonds got them back on track. Again, catharsis, a little bit divisive, and then there was kind of the big fallout with people leaving and the band splitting down the middle. It's very dramatic, really, wasn't it? It's been very, yeah, it's been very dramatic. And so I think it's really cool that um, they're basically doing a big opportunity, they're, they're offering everybody a big opportunity to celebrate Machine Head, who are a vital, vital metal band and so important to the evolution of metal over the last 25 years. Um, and the fact that we get to celebrate that, but they've also underlined the fact that it's not all about nostalgia, there's new members coming in, and I think even on that Burn My Eyes tour, there's going to be like two separate sets or something, I believe. So there's going to be like a Burn My Eyes set and a modern Machine Head set. I hope so, well. I have not read that, so yeah. that's new to me. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. That makes it even better, because they're doing literally the get two shows. playing for three hours, no support thing again. Oh, so, like an evening with. Yeah, so I think it'll be... Um, it's good. Hopefully this is going to end up being a really, really great year to be celebrated and be excited about Machine Head again, which is what we want, because when they're on it, they're one of the best metal bands in the world, in my humble, but also I correct opinion. wait. Your opinion is correct. I share it. <laughs> in this one instance. <laughs> um, let's take some questions from the readers of Metal Hammer at facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer readers. <laughs> Ben Wilmot asks Eleanor that's you as the supreme goth of Metal Hammer we should get your uh, job title changed to that yes please are you looking forward to summer <laughs> I'm looking forward to this summer this is just a discriminatory question I'm looking forward to summer so much it comes as a surprise to most people as the supreme goth of Metal Hammer of somebody who gets burned very easily and wears a lot of black. She's talking literally, not emotionally. <laughs> Sick burns. Um, you know, yeah, I wear Factor 50 all year round and, you know, put it, have to put it on more in summer, which is annoying, but I love the sunshine so much. I'm loving daylight savings. I'm loving the chance to have an ice cream. I'm loving the chance to leave my coat at home and just put on my leather jackets. Looking good. <laughs> oh, the fact that even when it's summer, you're still putting on a leather jacket. You really are so goth. Yeah, but my coat is quite oh, it's heavy. Finally, it's summer. I can downgrade to a leather jacket. Basically, yeah, my coat's quite heavy. My winter coat, so I like to put on a leather jacket and just be a bit more chill. Uh, I've just I've got some new black trainers that I'm about to order as well for the summer. Of course, they're black. Unbelievable. They're all black as well. Like. The, everything about them like because the last ones I had were black with some white on them as well but these ones are just completely black I've got them ready open in a tab to order tonight when I get home I'm going to get myself some new trainers lovely time lovely time and you're um, going to go on a little goth holiday probably yeah don't know where to somewhere with sunshine though and I've already had one of my new favourite ice creams from the local shop down the road which is what were they called again well, the unicorn ones yeah unicorn ice creams they've got a black cone and unicorn ice cream in them. Yeah, yeah it is Eleanor in ice cream form. It's like so a black home with a little unicorn topping. It was so And they're from Co-op. There you go. 
you get sponsored by them now. <laughs> they are co-op unicorn ice creams. You get four in a box. So all right, not, not by the stuff. <laughs> I was just saying. So it was good to share them with friends in the office. Wow. Because I'm not sure I could eat four. <laughs> good. Summer is for sharing. Well, you asked me the question, and I'm excited. I didn't ask you the question. Ben asked you. Don't fucking blame me. Ben Wilmot asked you the question. I don't yes. give a shit if you're looking forward to summer. Looking forward to swapping my black jeans for black dresses. Hooray. And, and downgrading to a nice, light leather jacket. Exactly. Well, it's a question for you this time. Well, no, that's why I didn't ask it. <laughs> this question is from Jeremy Cook. This is where I start to realise I overshare on social media. This says... <laughs> Which three bands would Merle pick to play at his housewarming? Yeah, I moved house this week, which is why I haven't had time to do stuff like Watch the Dirt, because I've been busy in the real world. Um, <laughs> don't know why I looked at you then. I've been, I've been busy too, <laughs> covering for you while you're away. Yeah, true. Uh, so yeah, I've, got a, I've moved house, um, and I like my house, so I wouldn't have heavy bands played, because I'm in my house to get trashed. But you so, can have some really cool bands in your house. Well, yeah, but so, well, no, I've gone for a nice, light, chilled uh, house gig where everyone can just have cocktails and just talk. And just talk. No moshing, no movement. So I'd have uh, Merc here doing a, yeah. a kind of her um, pagan y folk uh, metal. Folk well, no metal, just, just folk, the folk. Just the folk. Yeah. Um, you know, yodeling away and banging a drum and all that. That would be nice and chill. Then I'd have the awesome Anathema, who yeah. would be wonderful, lush progressively tinged uh, melodies that would be nice and chill and then I'll try and get a bit more metal in there so I'll have while she steeps but doing an acoustic set that sounds that good, that good as well. yeah so that would be my housewarming I'd like to come to your housewarming then you can't Ryan Smithies <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell Ryan this is intense when is the world ending and how <laughs> and then he's had just curious about your prediction I actually think I actually think so. I did uh, an improvisation course earlier this year, just for lols. Six week improvisation Bit course. Bit of bands. And we did this funny thing where you had to be like, um, it's called the Oracle, and like four people had to stand in a line, like behind each other, and each one of them had to say a word, and you'd ask the Oracle a question, and they all had to say a word each, and that was how the world, um, somebody asked that, how is the world ending, and they all had to say a word each, and it would tell them. Wait, sorry, sorry. I, can't remember I don't understand it. that. How's that work? So you and I could do one word at a time and we'd be the oracle and it would be how the world ends. When we just make up the word as it goes along? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay. I'll start. Okay. The world will end because I will go to the shops and buy some cigarettes and throw them in to a big nuclear power house (laughs) (laughs) that that wouldn't end the world that's quite good though two two people I think uh, I'll go to the shorts and buy some cigarettes and throw them into a big nuclear power house (laughs) it's legit (laughs) I think if you threw cigarettes into a big nuclear power house Depending on where you threw them in, if they were lit, they might cause a problem. I don't think they're called nuclear powerhouses, though. We <laughs> just made that up. It sounds like... It sounds like a dance genre. I was thinking it sounds like Bauhaus or something. <laughs> Next on Kiss 100, one hour of pure nuclear powerhouse. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's how the world's going. We should introduce a podcast like that. That'd be quite fun. Welcome to the... Kiss I quite Kiss. enjoyed doing it in the class. So it's good. How would you act? What do you actually think will end the world then? Oh, Environment, know. technology, Nazis. I one mean, of the three. Yeah, like who knows? How is the world ending? Mm. Aliens, meteorites. Aliens. I sort of like the alien option because it kind of absorbs us I all. Don't. It absorbs us of all responsibility. If aliens are just going to come down and end the world anyway, it's yeah. kind of like well, they're just coming down and kicking the shit out of us. We've messed, we've messed it up, but it doesn't matter because the aliens were going to get us anyway. I think. Uh, oh, I don't know. I think it depends on whether by the time the environment. I mean, the environment issue is at a catastrophic level already, really, isn't it? But. By the time it affects us to the point where we all have to do something or we all die, yeah. It, I guess it depends on whether that's far enough in the future so that we might have 
colonized Mars or something. It kind and of does just seem escape like, and fuck up that planet instead. It kind of does seem like us ruining the environment is the central theme of many apocalyptic films. Yeah. It's like once we've rinsed everything out of it, we can't rinse everything else out. Or, or nuclear war is the other one, of course. Yeah. That's the other one. It's always, That's always a fun one. It's always people's fingers think hovering over buttons. But you kind of just hope it never happens because it is that is how the world ends, then, isn't it? As soon as someone does it, that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, but have I, you seen some of the people in charge of the world? <laughs> no, that's why I'd rather, that's kind of why I'd rather aliens came because at least we might have a chance with the aliens. Uh, they might yeah. be, they might be benevolent. So. Well, yeah, but then they wouldn't kill. Well, so they might blow the world up, but just take them back with them to their lovely planet. Yeah. Just to hang out. Yeah, exactly. They might like just. We end. can all live on glump. <laughs> They might really like metal, so it might be like... That seems very unlikely. They might really like things like metal and ice cream, so they might Where like... Where are you from? Oh, the pharynx dimension. <laughs> do you like corn? Yes. We introduce it to them. Yes, I do. They're like, come down to end the world, and, you know, people like you and me could be like, listen to corn, and I'd be like, do you want a unicorn ice cream cone? I mean, if an and alien... And then they'd be like, let's end the planet, but you you guys, like the population of Earth, can all come back and live with us. Yeah, but I mean, if an alien... If aliens make contact with Earth, the most historic thing would have ever happened in, in Earth's history, and somehow the first stop-off they make is to the Metal Hammer office, <laughs> I'd be like, how the fuck have you ended up here? What are you doing here? Glingax, whatever his name would be. <laughs> going with their names of planets and because no, they're really good. Tlingax from Glump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. We could, that's a good band name. Uh, no, it's not. It's awful. <laughs> I, I, I'm, if I was hedging my bets, I would probably go with the environment, not necessarily that it's going to cause the end of the world in the sense that the world's going to like blow up and everyone's going to die, but in the We're sense of the world not existing as we currently know it. Yeah. We'll probably be in some kind of Mad Max scenario within the next 200 years, I reckon. Technology is accelerating so quickly. I'm kind of hoping. Yeah, robots. I'm robots. kind of hoping technology can help dig us out some of the holes we've got us into, but no at, the same, at the same time. Have you seen Terminator? It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming for us. Arnie was cool, though. What is? Arnie was cool. Arnie was cool in the second one when he was a good guy, but yeah. never mind. Which is the greatest film of all time, by the way. Interesting fact. Not a lot of people know that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do the next Jack one? Hawkins. I'm still depressed now. Well, I'm going to believe my reality about the aliens liking metal and ice cream and taking off to, to another planet full of resources. We Good. just live there and indulge our interests. Good, we'll do yeah. that. We'll all listen to Tall and yeah. Glump. So, Jack Hawkins asks, with Machine Head re-recording Burn My Eyes with some original members, what other band would you like to see follow suit? So, um, yeah, we didn't really talk about the re-recording thing, did we? Um... I don't, I don't really see why. To In me, this case, I, I, I've never listened to Burn My Eyes and think I wanted to hear it re-recorded personally. To me, it's almost like the Uncanny Valley. You know, like the thing of where people look like people but not quite, so it mm. disturbs you. It's almost like that. It's almost like that idea of listening to an album that's like the album that you already know, but a bit different. Oh, I feel a bit on edge about it. I'm not really sure it's for me. I kind of think... If you were to like an album, it's fine as it is. I know there's remastering and stuff, and maybe that's just like bringing certain things out or whatever. Mm. But the actual idea of re-recording it, I find that super weird. It is. It's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Like Machine Head, when when they're produced right, I think Machine Head are like the best sounding band in metal, pretty much. Um, their their kind of music is music that deserves to be produced to the best, <coughs> like loudly. Uh, cinematic, all the rest of it. Um, but so I don't know. Maybe if it's done in a way where Rob sounds even like really on it and and angrier, and it all sounds kind of I don't know, done in a way that feels a bit more modern, maybe. But I don't really think Burn My Eyes is dated. I mean, <coughs> I was just looking this up actually, and apparently um, Rob Flynn is saying they've already re-recorded it, so this has happened. Weird. So yeah. Um, when did he do that? Oh, well, he's been busy, hasn't he? There's been all sorts of stuff going on during his uh, little blackout. I don't know. I've, yeah, I find it quite weird. I'd like to hear it, but I imagine it'd be quite strange. But I mean, they kind of. He, I mean, Rob said like you know they're they're going to drip it out song by song. It's just something cool to help celebrate, you know. So they're not. I don't think they're doing it as kind of a. This is going to be 
the the definitive statement of what that album something. sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a bit of a lull. It's just a bit of fun, and why not? You know. And I guess if they're if they're um, they're, you know, they're playing, playing it every live, night. Yeah. Why not get yeah, yeah. in the studio and bash it out? Yeah. I can't think of many uh, albums I'd like to see re-recorded with some original members, though, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? I can't either. Because if I've got the record, I've got the record, and I'm happy enough with that. I would have thought, like, a good remaster job could do it. I mean, yeah. you know, you look at stuff like And Justice For All, which just got remastered, but again, turning the fucking bass up wasn't a big part of the remastering. Um, I think I've said on here before, I would really like to see um, Waking the Fallen by Ben Sevenfold given a proper... Heads down, maybe even, um, I suppose Matt can't sing like he used to in terms of the partial vocals, really. But I'd like anything that could get that album just sounding amazing because I think musically it's brilliant, but the production on it is pretty poor. So maybe that could go into that category. But yeah, kind of agree with what you said, really. Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley. It's weird. Weird. Uh, Matthew Bell is super excited to see Rolo Tomasi with Gajira this summer. That's a cool lineup. It is. What bands would you like to see land a high profile support slot to get them in front of some bigger crowds? Absolutely back the sentiment of this question. It's good to see big metal bands taking up smaller bands because mm-hmm. they need the exposure. That's what we want. What would you say? Any bands you want well, to see get big tours? I'm excited. And who would you book them with? I'm excited because Underside, who I've spoken about before, they are the band from Nepal who organised Silence Festival that we have been to. And they have just played Europe with Cancer Bats. Uh, we saw them in the UK and they've just gone around a bunch of other countries too. I'm super excited for them on that and I'd love to see them carry that on and tour with some of the people and then obviously do their own shows as well. And I'm very excited that one of the bands I saw in South Africa a couple of years ago, Data's Muse, are going to be on tour this summer with Monuments. I'm super stoked for them that's going to be a really good run of shows as well. So kind of excited that those things are happening. Um, in terms of other bands, um, I guess we had the Hammer Tour with Trivium last year and we had Venom Prison Power Trip. be cool to see them getting some high profile slots. Yeah, Trivium have been fantastic to, in yeah. getting young bands out. They've had, so I think they've had employed to serve out with them before. They've had Voices Sleeps out with them before. They've had Shapes out with them before. They've been yeah. really, really like... They are such a great credit to the scene, really, because they really do put an effort in and getting young brands out with them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, Venom Prison, oh, they're a hard one because they're so heavy, but um, I'd love to see them with Slayer. Obviously, that's a bit of a hard ass now. Mm. Certainly with like a big band like Cannibal Corpse or yeah. Behemoth or someone like that, you know, just mm-hmm. a big extreme metal gun. Um, I've got down here as well. I'd love to see Get The Shot, get some more exposure. Uh, they are just I've talked about them at least twice on here they're so good like just brutally metallic hardcore um, I'd love to see them with Hatebreed or someone like that or maybe on a more ambitious level like Parkway Drive or someone um, and yeah again Powertrip could go with any of those bands in fact I saw Powertrip with Hatebreed uh, oh. that was very good um, Employed to Serve again they've been out with Trivium but it would be cool to see them with some some bigger bands um, I've got Blood Command down here as well because I was listening to that last oh, album. Yeah. Uh, for me, one of, if not the most underrated band of the last 10 years plus, probably. Um, I think they've never been absolutely amazing live, so they will probably have to step that up a bit to really get them to where I think they could get to. But musically, they're just fucking amazing. Funeral Beach is a classic album, in my opinion. And I think, uh, what was it called? Culture Drugs, I think it was called. The last album anyway, it was really, really good. And the thing with them is that you could put them on so many bills, like they could support Paramore, um, they could support a kind of more mainstream band like Royal Blood or Queens of Stone Age, I think they still go down well because they've got really great riffs. You could put them with a hardcore band, I mean, yeah, they could just go with anybody. And I think, I can't I can't really envision them not supporting somebody and them going over, and them not, not going over well. I think yeah, it would yeah. just, I just think they're great. I've been saying it for about 10 years now. Wheel, who have just had the new noise section, they'd be really good supporting someone like Tool. I know everyone obviously would want that support slot, but they are definitely, a great band. Definitely. I'd love to see, um, we talked about Swin Temple recently. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the cool thing about them is that you could put them with someone like Watane, or you could put them with someone like, uh, I don't know, The Devil's Blood. Or yeah, because aesthetically people Chelsea aren't going to reject them outright when they kind of, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's totally different. I'd love to see them at like a Roadburn or a Desert Fest or, mm. you know, something a bit more niche. Um, 
because you know they're not really going to fit in with anything else in the metal scene no or you could just stick them with I don't know Duffy is that still a thing <laughs> remember her yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're giving Duffy me a really weird me look. <laughs> it's because I was mulling over whether to try and sing it or not right you just went ahead just went ahead and did yeah. it she was like a duck that sang soul music she was cool uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Her voice sounded you quacky. You didn't like it when I was talking about chickens, loads. True. Or maybe you did True. like it. Actually, you're just. Uh, I was just utterly blown away by it. To be honest, okay. it wasn't really a like a dislike thing. I was genuinely <laughs> amazed by that by that story. Chicken yodeling is definitely we got what we call it in this podcast. By the way, I love chicken yodeling so much. Now. <laughs> I didn't actually mention, but Takeo Ishii, who's done the chicken yodeling song "Chicken Attack," it kind of came off the back of another one he did called "BB Hendel." which you can also see on YouTube. Check it out. Is that about chickens? Yeah, it's another chicken oh one. Oh my God. Let's <laughs> ah, do one more question. And also, he asked oh, me... Oh, no, more about chicken, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he asked me if I had any chickens. And I said... What do you mean? But No, come on. But I said no, but my friend's son has... What named... to ask someone? But my friend's son has named a chicken after me, so there is a chicken. You've got a chicken named after you? Yeah. My friend's son named a chicken after me. So I can go and see my chicken namesake. That's quite cool. So um, and just yodel at it. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I can't. I don't know what to say. Anything else about the chicken man before we move on? No, it's fine. <laughs> I can talk about it for a while, but we'll we'll just carry on. Yeah, he's he's, he's we've only given him the twenty minutes on the podcast so far. <laughs> uh, let's do one more question then. Okay, Matt Grimster asks, what band or artist did you expect to be awful before you saw them live, but they actually turned out to be really good? Mine's not a metal one, but can I say it anyway? Yeah, go on. Heard. Oh, yeah. Because the only song I knew by them was Enter the Ninja, which I've, has grown on me since, but I still think is a bit daft and just I couldn't click with it at all. So I thought it was all going to be this kind of slightly naff hip-hop, basically. Um, but I don't know, two-thirds of their music is like big beat dance music, really. And mm. it, live, it is amazing. I saw them at Reading... I think two or three years ago. I was there. Oh yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I, I don't. Maybe you already knew about them, but I didn't really know as much about them before I saw them. And uh, since then, I actually listened to them. Now I can't wait to see them at downloads. You know, I think they're great. I can't think of one. Oh, that's it for this week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Must be someone you didn't like and then you saw. I can't think. What of about Maiden? You got into them? Well, I've mentioned that before. No. I didn't. Well, I didn't expect them to be awful. I just thought they weren't for me. Yeah. And now, seeing, having seen them live at their own show, I appreciate what they do. Amazing. I can't think of anyone that I thought was going to be awful. Oh, uh, some bands. When I went to see Limp Biscuit, supported by Necrogomicon, um, I really thought Necrogomicon were going to be a load of shit. Well, I like them. And they were. No. That's it for this week's podcast. <laughs> We'll be Why back next week. We're gonna finally, we're gonna finally review the dirt. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna finally review the dirt next week, and we're gonna introduce you all to our brand new online editor who'll be joining us on the podcast moving forward. We're back to a mighty trio, and the we will get Jonathan. Triumvirate of metal. Exactly the triumvirate because we're triumphant. Yeah, Thanks. nice. Um, and Jonathan will be back on the podcast too very soon uh, we literally had a meeting today and we said get your ass back in for the podcast soon Jonathan so he'll be back in soon but yeah we'll meet the uh, the new online editor at Metalhammer next week she's awesome there's a hint uh, until then go pick up the latest issue satanic fridge magnets tweet us and post on the Metalhammer readers group with your ridiculous and awesome poetry and lyrics you've been ma- making um, all those posters as well, Louise Lemon CD, and 25 pages of Ramstein. What more could you want? I want it so badly. If only you could get your hands on one, because we've got about 10 copies in the office. Right <laughs> if now. only I had done the whole thing. Hooray! <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to yodel to a chicken. Oh. <laughs>